Welcome to the Alternative GCSE podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I've been working in education now for over 12 years in various different roles. This podcast tackles some of the wider issues in education and hopefully will spark some more conversations to drive change so that every single child and teenager can be fully supported to grow into well-rounded, happy and successful adults. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. So today I'm going to be talking to you about labels and the idea that labels can hold some people back in their ability to be successful, whilst some labels drive others forwards. When I was a kid, you could have given me a lot of labels. You could have called me fat because I was. You could have called me middle ability because I was. You could have called me quiet because I was. And you could have called me average because I was in a statistical sense. But rarely did anyone understand my labels, and I definitely did not understand them. But I believed them. I was never in top set anything, because my attendance at school was so poor, because I was ill. So I believed I could never be in the top set. I never believed I would reach any kind of popularity, because I was quiet and I truly believed that I would never run as fast as the other kids in my school and I wouldn't be able to fit in or enjoy exercise because I was a kid who ate my feelings and some of those labels stuck way, way into my adulthood and for many people, labels stick. One of the labels that stuck with me right into my teaching career was that I was bad at maths. When I was a primary school, I had such a block with maths. Maths did scare me and I just didn't understand it. Back in the 90s when I was at school, we all individually worked through these weird textbooks and they were kind of like paper textbooks and you had to just work through them on a workbook. And when you pass through the first little book, which was, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 pages, you'd then move on to another workbook. And people would race through these, and I'm talking, you know, in year three and year four, with little or no direction from the teachers. And I just looked at them and I was confused. I had the full on label going on of bad at maths. And I used to cry and I used to not understand it. And I remember my teacher getting really frustrated with me to the point at which she got the whole class involved in a maths problem. I'm sure to try and help me, but I just wanted the ground to swallow me up. And it really stayed with me for a very long time. If you ask a lot of adults now, they say that they're bad at maths because that's the label they were given to by teachers or they felt like that and they didn't know anything in class. But it's never really addressed, is it? It's never really addressed why you're bad at something or why you are in a class and you just don't feel as good as everyone else. And that really does stay with you. Now, labelling theory was developed by a guy called Howard Becker, and it's mostly associated with the sociology of deviance. 
it applied to education in relation to teachers applying labels on their pupils in terms of their ability, potential or their behaviour. And these labels can be positively or negatively affected to the person. And it does result in this thing called the self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, for those of you who have never heard of it, the self-fulfilling prophecy is the idea that if you've been labelled something, then that will become your future. And this does happen to so many people. They believe they aren't as good as someone else at something, or they believe that they're not as good at something. So then they believe it, which means they try a little less in a subject or a sport or a hobby until that is true and their performance falls or their grades drop, which means that their potential also drops too. You see, labels are powerful and this concept hugely links to bullying. If someone tells you something every day, you may just start to believe them and that's why words are so powerful. Now, labels do not have to be the end of it. I obviously now have overcome the label of bad at maths and I teach GCSE maths and key stage three uh, to over 50 pupils each week. And I've been teaching maths for a long time now. So I overcame it, not by being good at maths naturally, but by attacking it. I didn't want to be bad at maths and I didn't want to be in the bottom set anymore. So I tried as hard as I could to understand it. And that's generally what I do. The same goes for me and my health. I worked out what good nutrition is and exercise. And I learned as much as I could from other people like personal trainers and nutritionists. And now I'm a lot fitter than quite a lot of people my age, but still not as fit as others. And that's okay because labels are what you make them. But the really, really big important thing is to not let a label dictate your future. But it's still happening. There are many examples of hugely successful people who have been able to reject the labels that were thrown at them. And one of them is a really, really amazing guy. And you may have heard of him. Uh, He's called David Goggins. I was listening to him today, actually, because he's just released a new book and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's an ex-Navy SEAL and an ex-Ultra runner. These are his labels. But he used to be overweight He had a pretty hideous childhood where his father gave him a lot of awful labels, but he turned it on its head and he used those labels as fuel to overcome them. The Navy SEALs is one of the hardest military recruitment processes and it includes something called Hell Week, which is a physically and mentally excruciating ordeal. They make them run in the rain. They make them stay up pretty much for I think three or four days straight. Um, They make them run, they make them lift stuff and they either make or break the person in that moment. Most want to be Navy SEALs fall at this week and that's why it's been nicknamed Hell Week. But David Goggins got really sick at various points, meaning that he ended up doing Hell Week, I believe, a total of three times, which was in his first book, Can't Hurt Me. Definitely recommend it. But if you've got a teenager, maybe get the one without the explicit words because he does like a good swear word, does David Boggins. He would run ultra marathons after he became a Navy SEAL. And ultra marathons, for those of you, or ultra runs, for those of you who don't know, are 100 mile runs. And he ran so much that he was basically ruining his body. And it was 
well, you have to read the book to figure it out, but it was pretty bad. Um, at one point, and most recently, his knees were actually rubbing bone on bone due to a, a very old misalignment that he had. But he wanted to be successful in his own right, and he fought for that. I think if you have a label attached to you that you don't like, you should think about it. Where has it come from? What does it mean? And why are you letting it define you? I've met so many kids in what I do and so many that have been told by their teachers that they're stupid, that they will never amount to anything and that they are not smart enough to do A-levels. You can either go with a label or you can fulfil that prophecy of whatever they say or you can fight against it and reject that label and change the narrative for yourself. In education, we're really quick to put people into neat little boxes and labels. Teachers are quick to put kids neatly into sets without thinking about the effect on their motivation, without thinking about the impact on their future. And as many of you know, kids and teens in the lowest sets tend to get given the worst teachers because the schools look at the data and they would rather put the best teachers in the higher sets because they get more grade eights and nines. Not only is this really bad for the kids who are in the bottom sets, but the kids in the bottom sets are more likely to have behaviour issues because they believe the label they've been given and they don't want to sit there doing that subject that they're not good at because they've been told by teachers they're not good at it. And they don't want to sit listening to one who thinks they're also bad at it. A few years ago, I met a boy called John. I have changed his name. (laughs) But I met a boy called John. He was in year 11. This was about four years ago now he was about six months away from starting his GCSE exam so it was in the January time and his mum had called me over the Christmas period and she was so upset about his mock exam grades really really upset so I managed to fit him in when I first met him I took a paper with me a maths GCSE paper and an English language paper which is kind of what I do normally when I meet someone for the first time and I'm trying to figure out where they're at how they're doing When I walked into the dining room, he was sat slumped at the table and he rolled his eyes when he saw me. I knew I had my work cut out. First of all, I gave him the English paper. So the English paper is kind of like a piece of text you've never seen. Normally it's Victorian text and you have to read the whole thing. It's font size 12, about a page and a half, and then answer some questions on it. And it when you're in, when you're, you know, in year 11, you should have been doing these papers consistently and seen this type of language for a long time. He took one look at the paper and then he said to me, I can't read that. At first I thought he was joking, but the more I spoke to him, the more I realised that his reading level was around that of the year five pupil and his maths wasn't much better. I brought a foundation GCSE maths paper and he couldn't add up two three-digit numbers like 456 and 789 on a piece of paper. He couldn't subtract. He didn't know how to use the bus stop method. He didn't know how to use column method, anything like that. He didn't know his timetables. About 20 minutes into the session, I really found it. I was getting annoyed that I was, I was felt myself getting so frustrated for this young lad who was sat next to me who had been let down the more I spoke with him 
the more that I realized he'd been having issues at primary school and he was told that he wasn't very good and that he wouldn't pass 11 plus he wouldn't pass the SATs exam he was in bottom set of everything consistently he didn't understand things and people just hadn't helped him there was a reason for this when he entered secondary school he said the work was a lot harder and actually for him And for many other kids, it was a lot easier to be in detentions and in trouble than it was to go through with his English or maths lessons. So that became his label, the naughty kid. And he found power in that. Obviously, it didn't help any of his his academic stuff, but he could gain some control. So if he was getting frustrated with the work that he was doing, he would quite simply cause a disruption instead because that was much easier for him to do the crucial issue here was that no one throughout those seven or eight years that he was having trouble in school actually sat down and spoke with him about why about why he does all this stuff in a way that he felt comfortable and safe to say I can't read I can't do maths I'm really struggling When I met him, he was getting grade ones, which is basically the equivalent of an F. I worked with him each week and unsurprisingly, he didn't pass any of his GCSEs. He only got grade twos and a couple of grade threes, which was much better than the grade ones he was getting. But he was able to go on and do an apprenticeship because of the links that his dad had. But had he not had those links, it would have been really, really hard for him to get a job and to get a step up. The truth is that during those six months, I got to know John and he was incredibly smart. He was quick. He'd adapted to not being able to read or write well. And he used his observational skills instead. He got his friends to read stuff to him. He could work out money very, very well. But the other kind of maths he had trouble with. This is the same for more kids than you would believe. And I just pulled up, actually, the statistics for the GCSEs from 2021. They haven't released the 2022 uh, data yet. So in 2021, there were 613,000 young people that did their GCSEs. Of those 613,000 pupils, overall we're looking at around 65 to 70% that passed, which means that around 35% didn't even get a grade four. 35% of 613,000 kids is a lot. It's around 180,000 kids that did not pass English or maths GCSE, and did not pass anything, which is a lot. Imagine being one of those kids who didn't pass their GCSEs in 2021. What kind of doors are open for you, and what kind of doors are shut for you? So what can you do now? If you have a label, and if someone has given you a label, if you're in a set that doesn't make you feel good, work your way out of that set or label, Try as hard as you can with all the resources that you have available to you. And you guys are in the most amazing stage of human history because you have the internet. I didn't have the internet. I remember 
I was telling somebody at the weekend that the way that I, because I was not at school very much, the way that I got through maths and passed my exams, BBC Bite Size used to be on overnight on BBC Two. And I used to have to record it and play it back the next day. And that would be how I'd make notes and how I'd learn textbooks and those kind of videos. I didn't have a teacher. I didn't have a tutor until I was in year 11. And that was for only two hours a week. And the school paid for it. Her, I should say. Um, But if you have that fight in you, like David Goggins, as I mentioned earlier, I do really recommend his books to any teenagers. um, But please remember, he does swear a lot. So just check that one. Then if you don't have that fight in you, if you don't instill that fight in your kids, if your parents listening, then they're not going to want to fight to get out of that label. Don't become the story of the label. You know, grow into your own story. And crucially, this is so crucial, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Because the problem with that is when you start to look at other people around you, when you start to look at what your friends are getting and what you're getting and then comparing yourself, that does feed into your confidence as well as labels. Don't lose that because then you become as well someone else's story. This has all been about confidence and confidence is such a wide ranging topic. It can impact people in the best way and the worst way. And during the teenage years, especially, it's developed as kids, little kids are really, really confident. I watch it all the time in my little girl's school. There's a playground near to her school and the kids are wild and they just have a sense of doing whatever. And then in the evening, I go to my classes and I see the teenagers and there's, they're afraid to speak, some of them. They just lack confidence in their own capabilities and their own abilities. And I think if you are somebody or a parent or yourselves and you know that this is, they don't have a lot of confidence, it's probably because of a label that they've been given. And so write those labels down that are associated with you. I think my labels now are much different to the ones that I started on the podcast today with. I think my labels now would be workaholic, which is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, I think it would be a fighter. And I think it would also be strong because I like to be strong mentally and physically. They're my three. There are also other labels that other people would give me, but they're mine that I, uh, I like the sound of. I'm actually going to be taking a break for the next three weeks over the Christmas period. And I'm going to be coming up with loads of different ideas and probably recording a lot of podcasts over the Christmas break. But I thought I would take a break. I look forward to the new year with you all. And thank you so, so much for all of you who listen. Have a wonderful Christmas with your families and your friends. And I will see you soon.